0: Welcome to a new episode of the Sunday Sauce. I'm here with Kara Castronova who I just met last night and um, she's here on my show. She's a very accomplished person. Uh, she was she's on Newsmax. she's an investigative journalist. She's a celebrity, she's an activist. Um, she's trying to help people that are incarcerated in January 6th. She was a Golden Gloves boxer. Kara, welcome. Please explain more about yourself. You're a very interesting person.
1: Thank you. Um, right now, I'm you know, at this part of my life, which is uh, different than the, uh, like I was a boxer, like you said, in my 20s and I was a champion boxer. And that was like what I really loved more than anything. But um, now that I'm sort of, I'm not gonna age myself, but I'm, I'd say about 10 to 15 years older, um, I've turned my fight elsewhere. And now I'm writing as an investigative journalist, um, trying to expose the truth trying to get my ideas out there and um, expose the government on certain things that they're doing and also trying to um, help the prisoners right now. That's one of the activism groups that I started called Citizens Against Political Persecution, which is to um, advocate for the men and women who were arrested and who are being politically persecuted by the United States government for participating uh, at the protest on January 6th. And they're not being treated fairly at all, and they are um, many of them are still being held in solitary confinement in Washington DC as we speak, and not many Americans know about this. And um, it's you know something that I've been really passionate about and getting the word out there. So I've been doing that through advocacy and also through writing for the Gateway Pundit. And I always try to um, you know bring that up on the show that I'm on on Newsmax, which is on Saturday nights. It's called Wise Guys with John Tobacco. My um, really good friend and someone um, that's a really great host on Newsmax. Uh, so it's a lot of fun actually getting the opportunity to go on a show on Newsmax and then talk about these political prisoners and give them a voice.
0: Right. Yeah. I met John last night, actually, for the first time. Um, you know, as you know, Lauren Conlon is a mutual friend of all of ours. So, John, very cool guy, very nice guy. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about this January 6th thing. Right. So I always ask all the politicians I interview, all these people, like the uh the Viking hat guy, whatever his name was, the QAn- QAnon guy, right? Um, he gets three years for literally walking into the Capitol building, into the chambers of commerce, like um, or the the Congress chamber, and uh literally sits in a chair. He tells the cops, the the co- the capital police, Hey, I'm just taking a picture, man. and the and the Capitol police is like, Oh, okay. I mean, I mean, please don't. But if you if you must, that's fine. And then he walks out. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't hurt anybody. He doesn't threaten anybody. But he gets three years in jail or four years. But all the Black Lives Matter protesters, they killed people. They burned federal buildings. No one's been arrested yet. Why is this? I don't understand.
1: It's because we live in, you know, underneath um, a one party rule called the Biden regime, where all the branches of government, this is what happens when they're all the same party, political party. And um, it's not equal justice under the law. I was actually, uh, I actually heard the sentencing of the shaman, um, Jake Angeli is his name. And um, the judge actually said to him, which was one of the craziest things I've ever heard. um, Even though you were nonviolent, you seem like a great kid and like, you're really sorry, you really did nothing wrong. You know, I have no choice but to sentence you harshly because you were the face of the insurrection the, you know, the media decided to make you the face. So I have to like, you know, punish you. And I'm just thinking to myself because the media decided to exploit his image, um, the judge is gonna punish him more harshly. That wasn't his choice. So Hmm. I felt really bad for him. And um, yeah, you're right. He did, he really, there's video of him walking in peacefully. There's video of him walking out peacefully as video emerges of people being welcomed in by police officers that day. Um, not really realizing they would be in federal court and, and facing decades in prison a year later um and he's just one of the examples of that Man, one of the many examples just the one that was most recognizable because of his attire that day
0: yeah it's it's um it's a shame I mean like a lot of these people literally just walked into a building just walked in didn't take anything took some selfies and they're being treated like um I, I like murdered somebody like they're in I solitary confinement,
1: domestic terrorists. And they're trying to invoke different um, domestic terrorism laws and write new legislation um, against domestic terrorism by using these guys kind of as examples. So everybody's going to be affected. It's going to affect everyone's privacy and everybody's due process in the future when they could just throw you into solitary confinement pre-trial for a year, two years, three years until they decide to get around to trying you. Um, and everybody's OK with that in America. So now they know they can get away with it. And um, it's only a matter of time before the political pendulum swings. So everybody on the left right now doesn't care. And a lot of people on the right don't care or, or, or they don't know about it. And if they do, like a lot of the senators, they're not saying anything about it um, until it comes to them.
0: Yeah. Like, uh, what's his name? Adam Kings- Kingser, right? That's uh, that's the one of them. And uh, Liz Cheney, who are both Republicans who who are so uh, anti-Trump and they, they are on the uh, January 6th commission, right? I believe th- those yeah. two.
1: They're terrible people. Shaney, um, uh, she's like a real traitor. Um, she would actually throw people, regular American citizens that she doesn't know under a bus um, and let them suffer and literally be tortured by the United States government and um, rewrite history. Basically rewrite what happened on January 6th um, into what they're saying was an insurrection when anybody that was there and anybody that has any sense knows it was not. Um, just for political purposes, I don't know what her end game is. I don't think she's gonna get reelected. Um, she's really disgraceful and uh, I, little, I don't know if they're paying her off. I don't know what her what her issue is and why she hates Trump so much that she would let men, women in America go um, literally be tortured. Solitary confinement is considered torture.
0: Yes, uh, it's very bad for the mental uh, health aspect of people. It turns normal human beings into like you know, mindless people just, right?
1: It's insane. I mean, I talk to some of these guys often enough. Um, I get calls, I'd say, on a daily basis from the jail. Half the time they don't go through because their phone lines are so messed up. But um, I'm actually um one of the guys in solitary confinement. They're all in solitary confinement in DC jail. 22-hour uh, day lockdown, they come out for one hour. But they have the ones that are in the hole actually are even worse if that's possible. So they don't even get to come out between Friday and Monday. And uh, their their wreck hours spent in another cell shackled to watch watching some like TV programming, I guess the, the gel uh, picks for them. And, uh, they're showering, I believe where they're literally from what I'm understanding also, like they're led to the shower and shackles and pretty much tied up when they're showering. And, uh, there's four guys in there right now. And th- you know, they've been in there for a while. One guy's been in there for four months. I think anybody would go crazy. The other three were just arbitrarily thrown in there a couple weeks ago. um, and again, it's against the Geneva—not, uh, I'm sorry—not the Geneva Conventions. It's against the Nelson Mandela Rules of the UN to have anyone in solitary confinement for over 14 days. Mm. And, you know, they're they're literally breaking international codes on torture, and it's literally lawless what they're doing and uh, getting away with. And literally nobody cares. It's crazy to me. It's insane because enough people know now where people should be really, really fighting for these guys. If they were like, even just 10 more people like me, I think that they, you know, we would, we would have a lot of success, but people it's figure doesn't affect them. I'm not a white supremacist, quote unquote, domestic terrorist. So it's not going to affect me, but um, these people were just everyday guys, just like you and, and, and me and just regular people that are at the, at the rally that are being targeted. Cause they need some people to take the fall, to turn this into an insurrection and, and to get, and, you know, use it as a political weapon and to, you know, keep Trump out of office uh, and whatever other agenda, crazy agenda that they have by persecuting these people.
0: Have you linked up with what's his name? Joseph McBride, that big shot lawyer who uh, is trying to get all these guys out.
1: Yes. I'm a Joseph McBride. It's a friend of mine. Um, and uh, he's a great guy. He's a great attorney. I'm really looking forward to watching him you know, um, in D.C. because uh, I went to a few of the trials so far and watched them. And every time I'm, I'm witnessing these horrific public defenders, for the most part, um, who aren't even defending their clients, they're literally throwing them to the wolves. So I'm actually looking forward to a lawyer who's actually going to um, fight for his clients, show evidence, call witnesses. Like n- nobody's done that so far. So I'm looking forward to seeing Joe McBride in action um like i said he's a friend of mine and um you know too bad there aren't more of him but you know he's one of the one of the not many that are fighting for these guys that are actually talented
0: yeah i heard him many times you know come on fox news newsmax and uh he's very passionate um and he says there's a lot of uh police brutality footage actually you know from the capital riots mm-hmm. and there is, uh, yeah
1: there is he um he sees a lot of things that we have unfortunately as media can't see and it drives me crazy because i talk to guys in jail and i talked to attorneys like mcbride and they're telling us about all this discovery footage that has um a court order on it so they're not allowed to share with the media or the public because then and if they they were if that, there wasn't that court order the whole public um would change their mind about january 6th because then they would see that there was a lot of police brutality for whatever the reason that day I don't know if they were given an order. I don't know what made that day so different that the police were attacking people, but that is factual. The police were attacking people. They were antagonizing uh, protesters. Um, th- this is a generally a back the blue crowd that doesn't really get into confrontations with police for whatever the reason that day, they were being kind of egged on. And there's so much footage to show that that we're not able to see in the public, which is just a shame because any guy that's been tried so far with a jury trial has been found guilty on all charges. The jury is so polluted especially in washington dc a city like that um honestly like i'm just being real like they heard it's like 92 percent democrat or something like that and they're completely brainwashed like good luck trying to go down there like we we didn't like do any interviews with normal people because really won't find them walking around on the street and i'm just being honest um uh, they're they're so brainwashed by the fake news um that they they will and there's not a single person on this that i that i've met in um my travels in Washington DC that would uh, you know, be a fair, regular juror for for one of these guys to stand trial. So it's just really a shame because they don't stand a chance with the jury trial. There was a guy who had a bench trial by judge and he was actually found, uh, he was acquitted of all charges because the, the judge is able to see things um, not emotionally and that this person, no this, this mer- person might be painted as an insurrectionist by the media, but actually they didn't do anything wrong technically so they have to be found guil- uh, not guilty so if anyone is going to trial I always tell them now like go for a trial by a judge not for a jury trial because the jury is so brainwashed by the media that they've been consuming for the past year and some months now since that day that they'll never be able to change their mind even if facts came out and proved them wrong they're they're just going to hang on to that narrative
0: I wonder if uh, the subway shooter of last week is getting this kind of treatment in jail, solitary confinement. Who actually was a domestic terrorist, but you know, first reports they wouldn't name him a terrorist, but he really they, was a terrorist. They,
1: they should name him a terrorist, and then I, um, you know, I don't know how. I think that was a hate crime. I don't know. Um, I from pictures I saw of the the victims, it seemed they were a lot of Asian people. But I don't. I'm surprised that they haven't labeled that a hate crime. Um, it's weird. It was right above Chinatown in Brooklyn.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. It was right on 36th Street. But, um, well, the first, well, Mayor Adams first said, this is not a terrorist attack. This is not terror. This is not terror. But um, I believe the FBI, if you shoot up a transit system that is considered terror charges... So I guess
1: he had no choice, but then that's really easy for him to avoid calling it a hate crime, which, they, you know,
0: right? It's frustrating
1: right. for me. Like I thought that um, when the woman was shoved in front of the train, that was a hate crime. Of course, of course. People are mentally, de- you know, when people have mental illnesses, that doesn't mean they're not capable of hate crimes just because they have a mental illness. Like the all these Asian women are getting killed, and nobody's it what it is, and it's frustrating for me as for someone who's Asian to um, and I'm not the. Rep- I believe me, I, I'm very careful and cautious when it comes to using the word hate crime, because I know it could be weaponized mm-hmm, for political mm-hmm. purposes. And I don't like to use terminology like that. Um But in these cases, I really do think that they're hate crimes. And for whatever reason, Mayor Adams is not acknowledging that.
0: Well, do you know there's still sick Asian um Democratic individuals who still blame white supremacy on Asian hate crimes when, um, I mean, let's be honest, 90% Ninety-eight percent of the Asian hate crimes done in New York City are done by minorities. So, right. where is the white supremacy? I'm very confused. I'm very, very confused.
1: You know, white supremacy is the boogeyman, and it's very dangerous. Um, you know, they're using that that like buzzword, white supremacy, because nobody wants to be like around quote unquote white supremacists. So they just use that for everything to kind of like cast a shadow and make nobody ask questions. But I mean, I yeah, you're right. Like, I don't see how white supremacy causes an asian hate crime by another minority but you know i guess these people have their logic and their in their minds and they believe this to be true but obviously i don't think that's true and how could we solve the problem how could we make these problems stop happening these asian people stop getting attacked if we don't actually acknowledge what's really going on right how can we actually figure out the problem like these people are you know being attacked like we need to like get to the root of the problem and like call it out like it is And nobody wants to do that and it's just really frustrating because i have family like i'm half asian so i like i guess I passed for like I could be anything but my, my I have a lot of Asian relatives that are literally afraid to go out of the house, which I think is ridiculous I don't think they should be afraid to go out of the house but they're watching the news constantly. And, um, you know, they're fearful that on top of all the other fear mongering in the media, but um, I just don't think it's fair that um, they're not being called hate crimes.
0: No, I mean listen, of course, but. Um... It wasn't
1: even acknowledged in that one above Chinatown on 36th Street. And if you look at a picture, you could see it was all Asian. They haven't even released anything out on the victims. Maybe one or two people that were Spanish because I think that the majority is Asian and then some Spanish people in that area, Latino people. Mm-hmm. So there's one or two people that were witnesses. And then usually you when you see a big shooting like that, there's like a whole giant list of all the victims and the media really sensationalizes it. And they just like get off on, every, on like on the tragedy of it. You know, the media will write a bio on everybody that got shot. And in this particular case, you don't see anything like that, so right? Just, right. That like how well, well
0: it's already gone. This 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 subway shooter. There's not. We don't even hear about it anymore. It's we're done. Right. It's done. We it's all gone. Yeah, yeah we moved I think on. I
1: wish I prove that they were. Um, you know, I wish I could. Uh, you know, but I know that I've I've called the. Um the New York city police stations before and tried to get um, information. And because you know, privacy with victims, they can't give it to me. But I mean, I think that's something that they should share with the, with the public is, was this a hate crime? Was not it what, how much percent of the people shot and injured were Asian? Was it a majority of the people? Because if it was, then, then why isn't it being called what it was?
0: Yeah. Uh, and the guy also had um, on his Facebook, a lot of just anti, you know, well, I'm Italian, so I don't really consider myself a white person to be honest with you. So that's okay. just my opinion because Italians really don't consider themselves white. That's a very um, different
1: mentality, and it is a different race, style. right?
0: Right, like Italians, Greeks, the Mediterranean people. So we don't really consider ourselves like white. But he had a lot of uh, anti-white uh, rhetoric, a lot of Jewish anti-Jewish, um, you know, a- anti asians So uh, this guy was obviously some kind of black supremacist, just like the guy who ran over all the children. And adults in um, Wisconsin, I believe it was that that other guy. Right. What was his name? Right,
1: right. Yeah. Yeah. So, that guy get that out on bail from what I remember, you know, just talking about bail. So, yeah, it's like it's only if it fits the narrative. Does the person get the label? Um, and well, all- the, the, the
0: shooting that just happened in the Carolinas, that person shot 10 people uh, and he's out on bail and wearing an ankle bracelet and going to work in a mall a mass shooting. I don't understand. I'm very confused about that one.
1: Right. <laughs> I don't need, I, and that's why I'm saying what's so, this is why it's so unprecedented what's happening in Washington, D.C. and everybody. Well, white
0: supremacy though, white supremacy. Well,
1: <laughs> so that's what they're calling um the guys from January 6th who are the little, literally the opposite of white supremacists. I talked to the, the right. majority of them. None of them are white supremacists, but it's like, if you call them white supremacists, then nobody will care about them. And like they, they're, they're literally trying to pass legislation in Congress that's anti-white supremacy co- uh, legislation. And it basically is saying like, we could go spy on you if you're a white supremacist. And it goes white supremacist and other groups right. so, and other groups is literally everybody else. And these soup, these people are letting this pass. So now they're going to be able to spy on you based on this new uh, on these new legislations that they're trying to pass. If you're a white supremacist or other, which is everybody else,
0: but everybody
1: that reads, it, it's like, yeah, yeah, we don't like white supremacists. Let's pass this legislation really fast. We don't want to seem like we're sympathetic to white supremacists. So they're just letting themselves be tricked. And did you ever notice how all white supremacists are freaking um, middle class or lower? It's like, where, why right. aren't there wealthy white supremacists? It's it's <laughs> actually quite
0: funny because most of the KKK are wealthy white supremacists. They're not like uh, guys that are toothless that, uh, you know, ride horses to work. They're actually most of the KKK is very wealthy guys that are well-connected. So I don't know why. they. Those, people are those, pro- those
1: are probably the only white supremacists that I really know of in America are the actual KKK. Right. And that's not who I'm talking about. When you're so, like, they're so liberally with this big, giant, white paintbrush over America. Like, there's white supremacy here and in your neighborhood and there and in New York right. City. Like Mayor Adams said, it's the biggest problem in New York City. No, it's not. You know, obviously, Asian hate crime is not white supremacy. And when they're, uh, the insurrection was white supremacists and, the, the you know, the white supremacy, this and that. And they're always pointing at these scapegoat, these like middle class males who are generally like cops, firefighters, construction workers. They're all the white supremacists, but yet all the millionaires and billionaires are not white supremacists, even though they're rich. So it's mm-hmm. like almost like I feel like they're the ones behind this agenda, like right. the elite class. And they're throwing pe- these white these white guys, tech quote unquote, underneath the bus and saying, you're going to take the fall. We're going to use you to get past our agenda through whatever it is we're trying to pass through. And right now it's just so trendy to point the finger at someone and call them a white supremacist really with having absolutely no proof whatsoever. And it's very insulting and it's very, um, it's very, very, it's just ignorant.
0: It's quite funny because, uh, I was FDY EMS for five years. And, uh, anytime I ever got a EMS run, I never questioned their race, creed, sex of the person of a house I was going into. I just, Treated them, and uh, you know that that was that. I didn't care what race they were. So that whole uh, cops, firemen, and this and that, or white supremacist, is all bullshit. To be honest with you,
1: right. it's it's crazy. I think if if anyone like cops so far, I mean, like you know, would be the one. Well, they're be- they're
0: trying to do this to my friend Sal Greco, who was NYPD officer. Um, I'm actually
1: very you with sal i wrote two articles on him
0: (laughs) yeah so you already he's a friend of mine he's 100 percent italian doesn't have an ounce of white supremacy in him all he is is friends with roger stone obviously you know this already i need to tell you the story and they're trying to he just got his trial and now they're said oh we're gonna decide your fate in 60 to 90 days like come on man come on
1: no i know i know the story it's it's Mm -hmm. messed up they're doing that to him and um they get away with it you know
0: he wasn't even at the capitol building he was in a hotel room with roger stone (laughs) so funny i know
1: i know i'm surprised that the nypd like shame on them for like you know even even going there with with that and
0: attaining that nonsense it's just it's just just, ridiculous well they're trying to tie him to the oath keepers that's a a, a alleged white supremacist group i don't know i don't even know anything
1: they're not. Number one, I know an Oath Keeper in D.C. jail who calls, who I've spoken to, she it's she who was a transgender white. So this is a transgender white. Like, come on. You know what I mean? It's like the the, the stereotype I, is ridiculous. I
0: don't even know anything about the Oath Keeper. So I, I, I literally There's came so to comment about this.
1: Military people who kind of provide security. Um, They do some military training. They're, they're the closest thing I get. They're not, I wouldn't call them a militia, but they're like a secure they, they, they do security for Roger Stone and they'll show up hmm. at rallies. They're really for the Constitution and freedom of speech and stuff like that. Um, Most of them generally nice people, the ones that I know and that I've met, like some of the nicest people, actually. And um, just like love the country, but are, you know, getting painted as white supremacists. It's so ridiculous. Um, As long as they're called white supremacists, they have no shot. So
0: how come every militia group is always painted as white supremacists? (laughs)
1: It's just the way that people weaponize to destroy people. And if they're trying to get rid of the militia groups, like, you know, the Second Amendment, they're like, oh, the Second Amendment is in danger because of the guns it's also in country was
0: founded on a militia group pretty much
1: (laughs) the whole whole concept of that 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 well-regulated militia is able to um exist is based on the concept that we have we could check and balance the government and that's why we could carry arms not to go hunting like people say or i want to protect my house but actually the whole concept behind the second amendment is we should be able to check and balance the government if they ever get crazy and decide to um become tyrannical and they're literally trying to knock that mentality out of us not the mentality that is the different mentality between us and every other country is that we like we have all these people that feel and that are taught that we are allowed to challenge the government we could actually challenge them in war if we want to even though it's like not we're really not going to we can if we want to because we constitutionally protected to challenge the government and they're literally trying to literally um what's the word castrate that out of us mm. to like away guns like demonize militias like Proud Boys who are a drinking club, they're not a militia. Like, let's just pick these groups of guys and demonize them, throw them behind bars, call them white supremacists and knock and castrate like anybody ever wanting to join a militia or challenge the government again. Like, let's knock that mentality out of the next generation. Um, And I guarantee the next generation will know nothing about any of that mentality.
0: No. So let's go, Let's let's turn the clock back. What got you into all this victim advocacy and investigative journalism and all this kind of stuff?
1: I, I would say that um, for me, like, I really started becoming active with uh, activism when lockdown happened because I was so, I'm uh, like claustrophobic. I did not appreciate how they were locking everybody down and saying, stay in your house. I'm an active person. I like to go jogging. I like to work out. They closed down all the gyms. So my mind just started really um, thinking something's not right here. Uh, I remember I went jogging one day to the park and they actually padlocked the parks. And I'm like, this is something's very wrong here. And I just started doing a lot of investigating on what was really going on. And that kind of started it for me. And I think when um, it started for me, like at the time, my theory was that something was going to happen at the end of the year that was going to be really bad. And then look what happened. Lo and behold, you know, that the election happened. Donald Trump was out of office January 6th. Um, and I was there on January 6th. Uh, I didn't get anywhere near the building thank god and uh you know the fbi has been to my house twice um, which i i looked at that like okay i, I could either shut up like they're trying to scare me into doing or i could really start advocating more and i felt like that was the smarter thing to do to protect myself was to actually start ex- exposing what's going on more
0: right. and
1: um, being there on that day and seeing what i saw and seeing what really happened me, gave me so much empathy for the people that were being persecuted because they could have been anyone that I was walking with that day. It could have been anyone that I know that go to the rallies in New York. It could have been anybody that I literally go to church with. They were just regular people. Um, and it just really, like, I'm very an empathetic person. And I just started investigating that more and realizing it could have been me. Like, you know, a lot of people were literally led into the building. I think any average American person when they see a cop they trust the police especially this crowd saying come on in they're going to go in and then they're being persecuted so i just felt like um nobody was talking about it which really baffled me why there was literally a gag order on the right and the left media at the time this time last year and a little bit like you know around march of last year april last year you didn't nobody knew about these political prisoners nobody was talking about it there was literally like you couldn't hear a pin drop about it. So I started this group to start pushing the the narrative of what was really happening, like talking to the prisoners and literally trying to get their stories out there on the news in any way that I can. We've been so successful in doing that with the right media, but now it's almost like preaching to the choir. You know, everybody knows it's messed up, but everybody's just frustrated. There's nothing we can do about it. The next challenge is getting people who are not so crazy on the left, like regular normal Democrats, like the ones that, you know, we know that are actually normal, I guess, like JFK Democrats. I don't know if that's what they call them. I don't mean the far left, but people who are who are actually rational moderate Democrats to see how messed up this is. Like that's the the challenge that I, I've kind of like laid out for myself. And it's been a challenge like no other. Like it was easy getting this stuff onto like, you know, newsmax, Fox, the gateway pundit, um right side media, but when it comes to the left, like they will not cover it fairly. Um, and I'm just trying to figure out the way to make them care and realize how this is going to affect them dramatically in the future when like all this judicial precedence is being set that will affect everybody that gets arrested in the future. And if they, what they say is true that uh, black and brown minorities get disproportionately arrested, then those are the people that should care the most when they're they're setting all this judicial precedence that you could be thrown in jail and held pretrial for years in solitary confinement before your trial date. Those are the people that should be very concerned and they're not uh, paying attention. And it's very, very alarming.
0: Yeah, it's like we live in um the twilight zone. Everything is like backwards now. It's very very crazy stuff. Yeah, it's.
1: I never thought I'd live. I'm like I'm not that old, but I feel like I am now. And I'm just like God. If my parents were around still, because they're not, they would be like they wouldn't recognize the country. They wouldn't recognize anything at all. They would be like think it, it, like think about it. your grandparents. Even like would they recognize America anymore? It's unrecognizable you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, so let's say after this is all said and done, the January 6th stuff, where do we go from here?
1: I don't know. I thought it was going to be said and done. I thought that, um, you know, I'm hoping that the next midterm elections um, change things. I hope that I'm, I'm hearing that there's going to be a tremendous um, avalanche of a red wave, more, you know, really big red, red wave. So hopefully that will change the mission of the fake horrific evil January 6th commission or January 6th committee, um, maybe they'll re-uh point their direction elsewhere and uh, on January 6th, why, why were police letting people in? Why were four American citizens killed? But a lot of people are saying not just Ashley Babbitt, but others were killed by police as well. And there's video footage to prove that. Um, what, um, who, who gave directives that day? There's so many other questions they should be asking and they're not. So maybe if Republicans take uh, control of back of the house or or of the Senate, um, they will ask these questions if they even keep the January 6th committee around. So the, hopefully there won't be one-party rule anymore in that sense, and um, they'll let they'll, they'll kind of like let that January 6th committee and politicizing it go, and in as kind of a natural um, what'll naturally happen is hopefully you know the guys that are on trial uh, th- maybe that'll just go away. I don't think that's gonna happen. I'm just hoping it will. Um, I'm just hoping that they'll stop persecuting them once uh, more Republicans get into office and change the makeup of, of the house. And I'm just hoping that we get a Republican president. I mean, everybody's saying they hope Trump gets in again. I mean, I don't wanna get, I, I survived too much heartbreak when he lost the last election to have any, um, you know, to, to say, oh my God, Trump's gonna get back in because I don't wanna like deal with the disappointment again. So yeah, of course I'd love to see Donald Trump back in office or any other Republican president that would hopefully pardon all these people. I think that if you give it a, a couple of years from now, um, anybody that's in still jail, that's still in jail, four years after January 6th, I think any any conservative president would be criminal not to pardon them. Right. Um, after that time passes. Um, so that's what I'm hoping for. And I'm still hoping that the media will cover it fairly. Uh, we'll, we'll cover the, the trials fairly. We'll give these guys a fair shake because when it comes down to it, everybody watching the news is the jury pool. They're who the, you know, the 12 people, of the the peers that get picked to actually decide the fate of this person. Mm -hmm. And when they're literally being fed lies by the media constantly, they're not gonna be able to make a rational decision. So hopefully the media starts covering it more fairly. And we could all learn from this. I hope the truth comes out and is exposed. I hope that when some of the trials like Joe McBride and Alan Dershowitz, who's actually rep- he's a liberal lawyer, he's representing um, a guy, are actually uh, win cases and they get evidence put out there, America could see that they're lied to, and that this was a big uh, you know a big a big lie. When it wouldn't happen again. Maybe they'll be more or less hopefully not apt to fall for something like this in the future. Because it really was, in my opinion, a very, very big lie about what well, happened
0: today. We, we can only hope that we get better leadership in 2024, whether it be Trump or uh, a much more competent president, whether there be a moderate Democrat or a Republican, just someone other than Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Please, anybody.
1: I, I really know. It's, I don't even. <clears throat> it's so frustrating, you know. Uh, anybody other than them, you're right. But, you know, um, I'm just hoping it'll be, it'll pendulum will swing and a conservative president will come in and and hopefully pardon these guys. My heart goes out to them and their families and the suffering that they've been through. Like no other, I don't think anything like this has ever happened in American history. And I really mean that because I've studied American history where people were prisoners basically of war or uh, by their own government. Mm -hmm. literally the biden regime when i I think of it i literally have the visual in my head of you remember how like the king lives in the castle and (laughs) all the prisoners are in the dungeon underneath the moat. yeah
0: yeah like the the gulag
1: right and then there's like a mile down the street and all these guys are being detained in the hole literally like the key thrown away in the biden's dungeons literally that's what's happening and they're getting away with it and he doesn't care he's just sitting there you know living large and all you know
0: you know what? I don't even think Joe Biden even knows what the hell's going on with the January six prisoners. To be honest with you, and because uh, he's so, he doesn't even know what what like you saw that Easter video. The bunny had to whoever was in that bunny suit had to literally wave her his or her hands in front of him and and pull him away from whatever was going on. Like it's just the most mind boggling thing. Who's running this country? Who knows? I don't know.
1: Yeah, the guy in the Easter bunny suit that was definitely like one of his handlers he's like oh wouldn't it be a good idea to dress up and you know follow Joe around in the bunny suit so he doesn't far?" <laughs> it's so silly yeah um, it's like nothing is so embarrassing to the rest of the world can, can
0: you imagine the media was picking on Trump because he used two hands to drink a glass of water and Joe Biden shakes hands with thin air doesn't know where he is, can't remember people's names, needs an Easter bunny to walk him around. But we were, we were concerned that Donald Trump drinks a glass of water with two hands. Yeah.
1: It's no, yep. pretty insane.
0: Yeah, it's 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 the most craziest thing. Um but real quick, I just want to get your opinion since you're an investigative journalist before I let you go. What's your whole take on the libs of TikTok Taylor Lorenz thing?
1: Um uh, see, now you're, gonna, you're, you're catching me on something I probably should know about, but I don't. What is it? What are you speaking about? The- oh, you don't
0: know about the whole... You know what the Libs of TikTok account is? Have you ever it's seen TikTok,
1: it? I, I follow that, yeah. Okay,
0: so do you know who Taylor Lorenz is?
1: Taylor Lorenz. She
0: works for the Washington Post. She's a tech reporter.
1: Okay, I'm Googling this now. As All right. right. So my Google doesn't work. I,
0: call, I caught you on the fly. All right, so basically, Taylor Lorenz, two weeks ago... She was on MSNBC and she w- literally cried like a baby that people bully her online because she, do- you know what doxing is, obviously. I don't need to tell you this. Because she, she doxes people or she got doxed, I don't know, about doxing and she, she bullies people. She's the one who bullies people. So people like literally verbally eviscerate her online. So she went on MSNBC two weeks ago and cried. So what does she do yesterday or two days ago? She finds out who the woman of Libs of TikTok is, writes a whole article about her, exposes her address, what she does. She doxed this woman, her family, and then people, people are harassing her. The poor woman that owned Libs of TikTok, who was trying to remain anonymous. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So she all right, So you're saying she was doxed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: She said that she was doxed.
0: So yeah. she went
1: and somebody else.
0: Yeah, Libs, well, no, Taylor Lorenz wasn't, she wasn't doxxed. Her family members were doxxed a couple weeks right. ago because she writes, like, these horrible hit pieces about people, like, like yeah. disgusting pieces. It's
1: Antifa so, tactics, like, you know, Antifa, like, they doxxed people. Right, right, right.
0: So she went on MSNBC and had, like, a whole... Oh, I'm 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 a good person. Interview and started crying that these people bully her. And then two weeks here we are. Two weeks later, she doxes the libs of TikTok person who's been anonymous anonymous ever since she uh, created that account. So she publishes this this girl's address. She publishes her family's address, what she does for work, her full name, and then Washington Post took it all down. And then took it back and said, Oh, we never published her information, but you did. You did like, what's wrong with these people?
1: I don't know. I mean, anybody that the whole doxing thing is disgusting to me. It's like, you know, a rat on crack, I guess. I don't even know how else to explain it. Like I've been doxed a number of times and people that did it are just really spineless people sitting behind a computer, you know? So, um, I mean you're you're a
0: boxer you're not a keyboard warrior so I wouldn't you know yeah yeah yeah
1: when I read that stuff I just really I just decide not to read it like you know times because I used to be a rally organizer in New York and I still am you know we had to deal with a lot of Antifa especially last year and um there were so right. many doxing accounts putting up information about me. I'm like, I'm really not that important. Like, these people have no lives like that. They're literally trying to dox me. Um, so-
0: I would love for Antifa to come to your house and try to say something to you. And boy, girl, I'm pretty sure they yeah, would be no, in for a rude awakening. Just saying. Yeah, That's my opinion.
1: I don't even know who Antifa is. It's like with their stupid masks on. Sometimes I think... Um, mostly- they,
0: they, wear, they wear hockey equipment and and like... uh. I don't even know what they were. I I seen them in the street once. I'm like, all right, I live in Bay Ridge. They tried to come here during the Black Lives Matter riots and they they were sorry they came here. That's all I'm going to say, because they not only did they have the the residents of Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, they had the mafia. They had um, biker gangs. It was a whole they never ever came back here again. They were they were very sorry when they came here. That's all I'm going to say.
1: Yeah, I, I, I spent like I went through a period in my activism last year where I really was trying to reach out to like the left thinking we should come together. And I realized it's really like when it comes. It's, to a, people, lost
0: so, cause, Cara, it's Black a lost cause, Matter.
1: Karen. Matter people are actually you'll find some of them that, are, you know, you see eye to eye with but that. Antifa yeah. is, you know, there's no there's no talking to them. Well, they,
0: they, well I, got they, I got a I got a quick story. I called out Hawk Newsome. You know who that is, the leader of Black Lives Matter? Yeah, in I, I know well yeah yeah okay so uh Kay lewin the 12 year old from brooklyn he got shot in his car a couple weeks ago he was 12 and i was so like i was just disgusted by this because i live in brooklyn i'm sick and tired of these kids no matter what color they are black white orange doesn't make a difference getting killed by senseless animals with guns illegal guns by the way not legal guns illegal guns that don't even come from here they probably come over the border whatever anyway So I called him out. I said, what are we going to do about this, Hawk? And he actually responded to me. He said, I'm a big mouth if I don't do anything, and I'm just like the liberals. So I said, okay. So me and Lauren Conlon, we made a scholarship in K. Lewin's name for $5,000. And then I tagged him again and made a video about it, which is on my Instagram if you want to go see it. And I I challenged him to match my $5,000. And it's been almost a week, and he did not do anything. So I lived up to his his uh wishes to do something about it and he didn't do anything
1: yeah I mean I don't know it's like uh...
0: yeah and he actually said he needs four million dollars and I said what to buy another mansion that's actually what I told him mm-hmm.
1: yeah I, I yeah. To myself with that but you know that's cool that you started that scholarship though that was a really nice thing for you to do
0: oh uh, yeah I didn't do it just to just to appease Black Lives Matter I did it because I'm just these these poor kids are just getting anywhere in all the five boroughs. They're getting killed by guns, gangs. It's a joke. It's a joke. And the mayor's not doing anything about it. He was he was with Cade's mom, you know, a couple of weeks ago. He held up a pair of shoes. Oh, these could be oh, any of your kids' shoes. This is ridiculous. Blah, blah, blah. And then he didn't even go to the kids' funeral today. Cade's funeral was today, or his wake was today, or funeral. I couldn't go because I was working. I couldn't go off of work. But Mayor Adams didn't go due to a scheduling conflict. Do you believe the balls on him? Literally.
1: Yeah, no, I, I mean, Mayor Adams, I really wanted to like him. And I still do. But there's so many things that I'm disappointed about. You know, yeah. like, I really thought he would give back the, the people who didn't get the vaccine their jobs. That No,
0: no, no. He's
1: not calling out Asian hate crimes, like calling it what it is. He's not doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. Um, he still has a little bit of time to go as mayor, but there's nothing that he's done. I think that's really like he said he was going to make it safer and he was a former cop. And as far as I know, the crime has been up. It's getting worse. It's getting worse. um, So he's weak in in that sense. Um, Of course, I want him to do well because it's scary, like going into a city that's so unsafe where people are getting shot and thrown in front of trains. Right. And seemingly nobody cares and nobody's saying it's Asian hate crime. And sorry, I'm fixated on that because my family's Asian.
0: No, it's good.
1: But it it really, it really bothers me. And again, like I said, I hate using the worm word hate crime because it's literally, but but it
0: is a hate crime though. They are hate crimes.
1: So it gets politicized and they call things hate crimes sometimes that are not. And they just, they do it to like cause dissension and make everybody hate each other and saying we, this person hates you and whatever that stuff bothers me when it's politicized. But in this case, there is ridiculous amounts of Asian hate crimes in New York city that are literally going unacknowledged by the mayor. Right, who's pretending they don't happen? Who's pretending that New York's safe and it's not? And it's frustrating.
0: Right, right. Well, listen, Kara, you know you gave me a lot of time. You are very informative. Where can we find you on social media? And how do we uh, help your victim advocacy?
1: You can find me on uh, Instagram, which I don't really use much, but I'm gonna. I guess I always say I'm gonna try to do it more because I, I I'm suspicious of them, just like Facebook, which um I was banned from. Um, I, I might start another account on Facebook. Uh, they told me that when I was banned, and literally this is for pr- posting stuff on the prisoners, and telling the truth, and I'm very um. Well, because
0: you, you're an Asian white supremacist, obviously. Right. Exactly. That's, oh, it, it's duh. funny that
1: say that because the last post I made was, do I look like a white supremacist to you? I was at a, a rally and I was, you know, I think I said, do I look like, um, obviously I'm not, but people are calling me that. Um, and all of a sudden my whole, whole 20 years of Facebook memories, blogs, pictures, videos gone. Um, I try to appeal it, and they say it, it cannot be appealed. It's a decision that's final. So I, you know, they're owned by the same people that own Instagram. I wish that we, you know, someone would come up with a company that was like, you know, you know how my space went completely mm-hmm the, you know, you, what goes, I wish that would happen to Facebook, mm. you know, all of a sudden Facebook became my space and there was a new platform that was actually for free speech. Um, but I'm not on Facebook right now. I'm going to try to get back on Facebook for a, a different reasons. Not that I want to be, but it's sort of a necessary evil. Uh, that's a whole nother topic, but, um, you can follow me on Twitter. It was where I'm most active right now, um, at Cara Castronova. Go to my website and contact me on my form, at caracastronova.com or caracastronova.net. And my name is spelled with a U. It's C-A-S-T-R-O-N-U-O-V-A. And you could also uh, check out my work on the Gateway Pundit, on the prisoners. I usually publish a few articles a week on there. Um, and check me out on Newsmax at 10 p.m., Wise Guys with John Tobacco, that's the show I'm on on Newsmax. It's a lot of fun to watch. It's a really um, kind of, we try to like have a little bit of fun with the news of the week. And last but not least, go on Citizens Against Political Persecutions website, which is citizensapp.us to find out all the latest information on the political prisoners in America and how you could you could help volunteer or donate to help these guys out.
0: Great. Thank you for your time, Kara.
1: You're welcome. Thank you so much.
0: Bye.